This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get started now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Corinne Olson, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Corinne Olson cares about good people getting their message out into the world profitably. In addition to helping coaches, course creators, and other offer owners grow to multi-six figures and beyond, she has been spotted in her role as an award-winning attorney who has settled multiple multi-seven-figure cases. Her work as an agency owner, running what has been recognized as a distinguished agency, and as a recipient in the top 1% of America's most awarded professionals. Whether ghostwriting for authors in such publications as Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, or Social Media Examiner, writing courses or driving thousands of people to clients' offers, She brings her strategies and insights together to guide her clients to creating the kind of transformation that makes their dreams come true while helping their bank accounts smile. Welcome, Corinne. I'm so happy you're here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, this is fun. So just to get started, do you experience getting older And if so, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think it is that you don't? I think that I experience getting older in a couple of places and not in a couple of others. So in my work, I don't really experience it. But hey, nobody knows I'm over 55. So I think that's partly why. Um, In life, I'm starting to feel some of the aches and the slowing down and for a positive way, more awareness of the pending changes that health and body might provide. So I'm ramping up my awareness in some of those. Um, so I, th- I would say those are the, the main areas. But just as you, as you might remember, um, having been an attorney, I did feel some of those kinds of awarenesses back while I was working in a law firm. Um, a little more acutely than when I stepped into the entrepreneurial role. So um, I changed roles. And so that also helped change some of the focus. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's sort of a, 
I think many of us experience that it's sort of a second wind. And um, some of the things that we were starting to experience vanish and others don't. But it's really interesting. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of older women and many, many say, well, I have some aches and pains that I didn't used to have, but generally I feel better. I, I can see things I can do and ways I can be that I couldn't see before. So I find that really interesting. Definitely has a level of wisdom I wouldn't trade. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, well, do you really want to go back to being 35? Boy, I'll tell you, I don't. No, no, no way. <laughs> so tell me what are some of the things you're doing now that are most meaningful to you? Um, one thing is that I started an agency and I work to help other people. And so uh, when I was doing work in the law, I really went into it to help people, but I couldn't really scale that. Um, doing multi-million cases, um, you know, there's a number, a real concrete limit on how many you can handle in a year. But when you're helping other people touch lives through the kind of work I do, coursework, coaches, offer owners, there really is no limit. But the really cool thing about all of it is that sometimes I get an opportunity to help particularly women who are into a second career that may not be age dependent, but the fun of being able to help people do something that is really purpose-driven and meaningful to them is something that I just, it's amazing. It's one of the most fun things I get to do. Now for myself, I know having done that, it's scary. Yes. And some women I talk to can do it and some have a real tough time. Do you see that? And if you, if you do, what do you think the differences are? I do see that, but I don't see it as age dependent. Um, So what I see is that some people can switch to a second career if they were more, um, one, able to see that they have transferable skills. And it's not just about subject matter, but that, for instance, as an attorney, I can negotiate because I knew how to before, right? Um, I know how to present an argument because I did that as a lawyer. I know how to look at things from more than one side because I had to do that as a lawyer. I can research like crazy because I had to do that as a lawyer. So I have some transferable skills. The more in touch we are with the skills that we have, the greater the transfer is. The second thing is that a willingness to recognize I'm really good at this and I'm not so great at that. And the areas I'm not so great at, am I open to having team? And one of the difficulties for many of us, especially for women who have been professionals, high performing professionals, is that we expect, sometimes demand, a high level of performance. And when we're getting team, we have to understand that there's a ramp up for the team to get used to playing at the level that we're used to. And and same thing for us. We're in a new field. And so the expertise we had, sometimes the recognition, um, the ease with which we could manage something isn't quite there in the same way. So when I started becoming an entrepreneur, I was still working as an attorney. So I had some 
like double coverage. And so I didn't have my confidence tank, like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do social media in the very beginning. Um, it didn't tank my confidence because I still had confidence ramped up from being a lawyer. Now I provide all kinds of strategies for people because one of the things, again, not age dependent, but women who are older are freer to speak up about it, I find. They don't try and hide it. They say, hey, I'm not sure about all the different social media platforms. Can you help? And I don't want to spend all of my life on it. So can you craft something or show me how so I can spend the time in the area I really want to focus on? And so one of the things I find about women who are older is they feel freer to say that. Some of my clients who are well under the 50 age group even, they hide that they're not as good at it. They don't have an interest in it. They don't know what they're doing. They're treading water. They're posting a bunch of things, but it never converts. They hide it. And they also hide the number of hours they're willing to work. I have a lot of people who come to me and say, no, no, I'm willing to work 60 hours a week. And the reality is they're either spending 20 hours only because they're a mom or they're working with an elderly parent and they don't want to say, I've only got 20 hours, but I'm finding with women who are older, they're really, they're very upfront about it. Like, this is what I have financially, time-wise, energy, this is where I'm at. And it's much easier for us then to help them get to a place that is really stoking their passion and not involving everything else. That's fascinating. So this is probably, there's probably a lot of answers to this, but can you describe just like one of your very favorite kinds of clients to work with? I love working with someone who is passionate about what they're doing and committed to doing something that has a purpose beyond themselves and beyond making money, but that they recognize that both of those have to be covered. So uh, for instance, the greatest client for me is not someone who is on a mission and could care less about money because they run out of steam very quickly. The perfect person is also not someone who's interested in money, but isn't really passion driven. So they're okay with doing anything as long as it cranks in money. Those are not good clients for me. But when I can couple that, somebody who's looking to do something and, and the more people they're looking to touch or the more impact they're looking to make, that's my sweet spot. I think one of the things that plagues many people who are mission-driven is that if I am mission-driven, I should not want money. Where did that come from, and how do you help people get beyond that? Uh, I I'm think that it is um, partly a class issue. And for many, not everyone, but many people, they've grown up in a religion that doesn't welcome increased cash flow. And it's um, sometimes a gender stereotype for women who have grown up in a family system or a societal system where women take care of the family and the man goes and earns money, it can be a struggle. So any of those can be where I see it stemming from. How I help shift it um, is to do two things sort of at the same time. And one thing is there is a financial reality. 
So for instance, I can help most people get thousands of leads that are in what we call the bottom of the funnel, people who are interested in purchasing. To do so, there's a real cost to it, not, not just my cost, but what I pay in order to make the software work in order to have that happen. So if somebody doesn't have money, they're not going to be able to get the results as quickly. And this is where women who are of a certain age have a particular advantage. They often don't want to wait for results. Like the importance of a legacy, the reality of time, and the importance of time takes on a different kind of level. So when, when I'm helping people who are younger start up, they go through a period of time where money is the thing they're short, so they're willing to spend a lot of time. When I work with someone who's older, money may be short, but they're not willing to work, wait a long time either, right? So we have to find something that works that covers both because they're reality-based. Time is of the essence. Not just we don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we have the amount of energy. We don't know how much um, bandwidth it's going to take. And so we're much more practical about money and time are realities. And so I find that connecting them to that can help. The other thing is oftentimes it's because they haven't felt valued and because they haven't felt valued, they don't value their time. So if we can switch some of that and get them to see that what they're doing is making a significant impact and in order for them to keep showing up and keep doing it and give their mission some longevity, not something that was fun for a week or a month or a year and then it ends, it has to require, it, it demands cash flow. You said many things there that I think are really important for women, particularly women to hear. But one of the things you said that I hear women talk about, but not as clearly as you just said, was if a woman hasn't felt valued, she doesn't value her time. That's huge. Yes. That's really huge. So you mentioned older women and legacies and so forth. So. When you leave this earth, what do you hope your legacy will be? I'm really a big believer in two different, um, sometimes said to be trite sayings, but for me, they ring really true. And one is that we each have a ripple effect and we have no idea how far it will go. But the more that we can send off our ripple, the further it'll go. The other thing is I also believe in a rising tide lifts all ships. And so as I get systems, as I get access, as I get more um, aware or more systems and services available, I am offering those to the people who work with me who couldn't otherwise have access. So as an agency owner, I get access to all kinds of things most people can't get access to. And I can get them at price points that many other people can't. And so as I move forward, it's helping people get their mission and their movement off and get it not just started, but heading high into where they want their dreams to be with it. And that's the legacy I have, to give every person a voice and to have their dreams come true, particularly as it relates to improving the world. Wow. So you've done so many things, Karen. Of, the, of all the things you've done, what are the three things you're proudest of? Um, 
I'm proudest of having seven nephews who are incredible young men. And when they were growing up, that despite being busy in my lawyer work, I took time to be with them and craft murder mystery parties and scavenger hunts and all kinds of things that were creative, orchestrated music that we could all play so that they could learn in ways that weren't uh, strictly classroom. So that's one thing that I'm proud of. Um, the second thing is that I was able to shift careers. This is actually my third career. I started as a personnel manager after thinking I was going to be an orchestra conductor. So um, the ability to shift careers, I think, is um, it's really important because it's growth oriented. And the more we grow, um, the, the more we bring to the world, I think. And the third thing is that I do get to help people get their missions off. And, and being successful and having something change the world, I'm about to help a woman um, help people read English, including people who struggle with learning difficulties. Um, that's just like one of the missions that I'm working with. And to be able to help that uh, go viral, um, change the life for people who otherwise wouldn't have that ability. And I get to work with people like that every single day. And that is one of my crowning achievements. Oh, that's wonderful. Those are all wonderful. What I'm actually really fascinated with was that you wanted to be an orchestra conductor. Were you able to do that for a while? It's uh Yes and no. In college, I did, but I was um, I took lessons with Georg Schulte of the Chicago Symphony and Margaret Hillis of the Chicago Symphony, where I was told by them each separately, no woman in my lifetime was going to be the orchestra director for a major symphony orchestra. And they were predominantly accurate. Um, and so at that time, it was already a struggle. Margaret Hillis was the choral conductor at the Chicago Symphony, and she had um, a symphony that she would conduct orchestral music, but it was uh, Elgin Symphony, which in, in Illinois was a second, third tier orchestra. And so she was living proof of the accuracy of it in the moment, um, but it proved to be pretty accurate all along. There haven't been a lot of women in lead orchestral roles uh, during um, most of my formative years. And so um, being a determined 20-something-year-old, I went and got a master's degree in uh, art, entertainment, and media management, thinking, well, maybe if I can't get it just as an orchestra director, I can couple it with knowing how to run an orchestra and then be able to get, you know, like the two of them together. And uh, women were not favored for orchestral roles back in the uh, 70s and 80s. So, no, I didn't pursue that. And I have to say, as circuitous as it may be to have landed where I'm at, I orchestrate all kinds of campaigns with all kinds of missions. And I have an expertise in helping people who have very different voices get heard in a world that often is a sound barrier for them. So in many ways, I've taken what I would have done and just used it in a different platform. And it sounds like you were instrumental with your nephews. Yes. Yeah. Two of them have gone on to do things 
in the music field. And the great thing is that um, I could orchestrate music no matter what level they were at. So we could all do it together as a family. So that was really cool. Fun. So what are some questions you're living with right now? It's sort of a, an unknown time in different kinds of ways. What are questions that you're interested in? One of the things is that right now we see a greater importance of connecting, and yet there still are many walls up that prevent us from doing so. So as, um, as women concerned with the ways that we connect, not just with business, but also connection and connection with business, what are the technologies that are going to become available that can help us bridge some of the time, space, and now health gaps? Um, another area that is a big question for me is as more and more of us start to hit what some would consider retirement age and more and more of us are not okay with giving up our freedoms, our independence, our ways of living. And so the old fashioned nursing home no longer seems appropriate what is going to happen? Like, who are the people who are going to come to the forefront and change that? Um, and I think one of the other questions is when are more women going to boldly take on their next chapter, whatever that is, and how can we, all of us, um, encourage them to do so? What are the ways that we can have our voices heard where it's not just the voices loud and bold, but it actually is heard and it is respectful? And I think that's a major uh, question on how that will play out. Love it. Love all of them. You know, one of the things I've heard, and this may be happening different places, but I've heard of a place somewhere in the middle of the country, like Kansas or something, uh, where um, a specific retirement community has built its facility on a college campus. Um, and um, so it still is sort of an old fashioned uh, retirement community, but it's in the middle of a college campus, uh, which I think is at least one step in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember if it's Finland um, or where it is, but there's a country somewhere in that region where they started pairing seniors, uh, seniors by age with seniors by college level. And so that um, people in college had someone with some wisdom and stability uh, to create some family tie. And there was somebody who could help navigate some of the driving or other things that sometimes become more difficult. And they found that both grew happier as a result of those kinds of pairings. Um, I uh, work with a woman, uh, Dr. Margaret Roebling, and one of the things that we have talked about was it really is possible for all of us to stay independent longer if we could leverage um, a provision of services to a similar area. So for instance, if we could have retirement communities that are a little different than what's going on right now with some of them, but where all of the services that are needed are available, it would make it easier for service providers because they would have an audience that would make it uh, financially viable them to bring the services to one place. Um, it would make it better for the people who are getting services. It could create a community and it wouldn't have to be the traditional kind of nursing home 
Um, so it really is about getting more creative. Uh, we participated in sort of an open forum in Chicago on something that was related to what are the different ways of um, changing the way aging is occurring. And we were um, positively aghast that the presumption was how to house or help invalids, not how to help age independently. And it's like, wait a minute, the mindset is still wrong. There's a presumption with aging that aging means infirm and it doesn't. And so it's like, we still have a long way to go to change. Even in the mindset of people who are looking to help bring technology devices and services in that area to change the way that they see it. That sort of is uh, the, the, the distinction you made earlier also in that infirm isn't necessarily age dependent. Right. And so, um, yeah, that um, when you were talking about the pairing the um, seniors with the seniors, um, there's a wonderful film by a woman whose name is Sky Bergman. And the film is called Lives Well Lived. And she um, also pairs um, seniors with, with seniors. And one of the things she found in doing that work was there are many, many young people who have no older people in their lives, none. And so um, they, they love it. I mean, both, both, both the seniors, both seniors love it. Um, but I was I was really amazed by that. But it makes perfect sense with the way people move around and so and so forth. So, and it also makes sense when we're sort of um, binary when it comes to aging, and we either ship older people off to a home or keep them in the home where women are expected to help take care of them, right? right. Right. Um, there isn't a sense, even among people who become infirm, whether as aging or, or in some other way, it's almost as though that equates to losing independence. It equates in the society as though if you have any kind of altered ability, then you've given up your right for independence. And it's, I don't, I'm not sure where it came from, um, but particularly for women, I think it is a, a big concern. And uh, that probably should have been one of the other questions that I have is how are we going to address that? Because different ability of any kind doesn't mean give up independence. Right. That is so important. So finally, let me ask you, again, of all the things you've done, what dreams have you not yet realized? Um, part of what I want to do with my agency is to be able to grow it um, both economically as well as the number of people that I'm working with that I take on team that otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunities that I have had and to be able to give them the opportunities. Um, I think many of those can be women in their second career. Like we have a presumption that if women are over 55, they don't know how to do social media. They don't know how to do technology. They can't work on a computer. And it's just flat out wrong. Um, and so I'd like to change that paradigm and that dynamic. Good. Good. So 
If people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, send me an email. It's at Corinne. So my name is spelled K-A-R-I-N at VIP results hub.com. Great. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Corinne Olson. And don't forget, you can find her at Corinne, K A R I N, at VIP Results Hub. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. This is amazing. Uh, Thank you, Corinne. And everybody listening to us, thank you for being here. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneurs success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers, eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.